Welcome to episode number 43 on the My Story Podcast. The My Story Podcast features interviews with leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs, interesting people who tell their story and the life lessons they've learned along the way. Hi, my name's Conrad Weaver. I'm your host for the show, and I'm so glad you stopped by to listen to today's podcast. What do you do when the odds are stacked against you and your path forward seems impossible? One solution is to innovate, to look at the problem from a different perspective and solve it in a different way. That's what my guest did when she was launching a business and no bank would lend her any money. She innovated. Janine Garcia is a successful entrepreneur who knows what it's like to be told no, time and time again. But through persistence and innovation, she built one of the most successful cleaning service companies in the US, and today leads a successful real estate business in the Washington DC area. Stick around for her compelling story. If you enjoy what you hear on the My Story podcast, please leave a review and a rating. This lets me know what you like and how I can improve the show. I also want to encourage you to send this episode to a friend or colleague who may be interested to hear the message from today's program. And now here's my interview with Janine Garcia. Well, Janine, welcome to the My Story podcast. It's great to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I I appreciate the invitation. And so, Janine, tell me a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Um, Well, um, I'm an entrepreneur, first of all. Okay, so um, I've discovered and reinvented myself many times. Mm -hmm. So I think for, for right now, I can... I can say that I, I, I've done everything and at the same time, I'm willing to do anything. Hmm. Um, I think uh, one of the, um, the things that I, uh, make me this way is because um, my father was pretty much the same way. He was a doctor. However, he did many, many things. He helped the, his community and um, he did, you know, a lot of, um, you know, um, work with um, with people that had no no end meets, so he could, you know, not just uh, take care of them medically, but like if there was a volunteer work about uh, feeding them, he will be there. So I think he'd done everything for um, for the uh, for him to. I think I, I, I he was one of my biggest role models, I, I should say. So uh, I, I, that's where I come from. What what business are you in right now? I'm I'm a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and um, I work with Keller Williams. A uh, for me, it was a blessing, you know, to learn from you know uh, people that have been in the industry for many many years. However, I started, you know, in a very unusual way because uh, I've done, as I said before, I've done everything and anything. Hmm. And you can, you can name it uh, from cleaning to McDonald's to, so, um, and, you know, I have a, a long career with the, without a profession. So, <laughs> well, well, tell me a little bit about that process. Where were you born and what was the, and how did you get to where you are today? Well, I was born in Peru. Okay. And I immigrated to America in 1989. What brought you to America? Um, we were going through a very difficult time in Peru um, because it was a, a, a terrorist time where a, and there was a terrorist group that um, it was pretty much like a civil war and uh, it was called the shining path. And, you know, the job security and and, well, job security. No, I mean, there was bombs everywhere. So Mm -hmm. for us, it was not, it was not a matter of whether we were going to have a job or not. It was a a matter of whether we were going to die or not because bombs were exploding everywhere. 
And at that time, I had Mary very young, and I had three kids. Mm-hmm. So we had um, um, we had two options: either to stay there and die, or just to move elsewhere and survive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 1989, we decided to immigrate to the U.S. because my my brother was here already. And um, was that a we, difficult process? It it was a, well, to be honest, difficult. I wouldn't say difficult. I don't. Uh, not that I don't like the word because I I'm not extremely positive like where you mm-hmm. like come up. But I think it was challenging for me in the beginning. Uh, but I like challenges. Mm. So uh, that way, I I I could say that I don't think it was difficult. I just thought it was different and I was happy to be here because I was alive. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, um, with $500 and a suitcase and three kids, we immigrated to the U uh, S in 1989, as I said, and our first car cost $400. <laughs> so we only had a hundred left. Wow. <laughs> 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 so, so um, the right after getting off the plane, I knew that I had to work, um, you know, many many hours. So at some point, I had three jobs. Mm-hmm. I I uh, would start with doing some uh, babysitting, and uh, then cleaning, and then working at McDonald's. I somebody told me that instead of McDonald's, try restaurant. I did go into the restaurant. Um, industry as a server with uh, broken English and I couldn't understand exactly what they were saying, but I was just like, kind of like a sign language. And uh, I lasted only three days because on my third day, I just dropped the coats on, on, you know, and I mean, the, the, the client was like screaming and I had no idea what they were saying. I knew that I was going to be fired immediately, but you know, so, um, I figured that um, the best thing I knew how to do was cleaning. And that was the first option for, for uh, the best option for uh, immigrants like me, because uh, you can make much better, you know, good money, mm-hmm. decent money, survive, uh, take care of your family, some flexibility uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, and have a, a steady work if you were to find it on your own. And that's what I did, right? So- um, What part of the country were you in at that point? I've always been in the, U, in the, in the Virginia area. Hmm. I've been here in Burke for 30 years. Hmm. Um, um, I, I serviced, you know, all Northern Virginia, Maryland, DC. It was a different time. For, for cleaning companies back 30 years ago. And uh, it was just the cleaning lady or the maid that mm-hmm. would come to your house. And uh, uh, there were very small companies. Um, and actually they were not even called companies. They were mm-hmm. mom and pop, uh, sure. you know? Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I, I can clean four houses, I can clean five, but I can't clean 20. Mm. So I figure I I would um, leverage myself by hiring others like me mm. and teach them the trade. Mm. So that's you know that's that's where I started. Mm-hmm. And how long did you do that? Well, my my company has been in business since 1989, and it's still you know a very successful business. Mm. So you still run the run the cleaning company. Well, actually, I don't run it anymore. Um, as I said before, I have three three kids. I had the blessing that uh, through this com- to the company, I was able to educate my kids debt free. Nice, <laughs> nice. So, I, I we didn't do a lot of traveling, a lot of cars. I mean, I don't own you know the Gucci's or the <laughs> you know all these uh, brands. I've never believed in, in, in owning a lot of brands mm-hmm. because I don't like to be a billboard, a walking billboard, but I did uh, invest in education and, uh, and I, we invested every single penny in our kids' education. So they would be um, 
debt free. Mm. Uh, so they went to college. Uh, two of them went to George Mason and the other one to Catholic University. And uh, I can proudly say that that he's my, uh, you know, I mean, he he's an architect. So I was like so proud when he told me he was an architect. So that's the uh, the creativity uh, side of me that it's mm-hmm. been transferred to my son. <laughs> Um, so, but that was what, that was tough because that, that school is expensive. Sure. Sure. So what was the most difficult part of coming to to America? You started a cleaning company, just cleaning a few houses yourself. What was the most difficult part of kind of getting to that next level where you can start putting money aside and saving for your kids? What was that process like? The most difficult part and at that time was that the government or the, or the uh, um, financial institutions believed in you. I think uh, everything had to be either with savings or uh, if it wasn't a good day, we just had to, you know, have rice and beans. Uh, but we couldn't make our company grow the way we wanted because, you know, we didn't have credit. Um, you know, we, we weren't known to be, you know, successful people or we didn't know anybody that would mm-hmm. cover our backs and say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sign in for you. Uh, so we had to um, knock at many, many doors until my, my first credit card was JCPenney. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, my biggest challenge was to really get uh, financial support or a line of credits or what have you to really um, uh, take my business to a, to another level. Mm-hmm. That's why it, it was too back then. And I'm talking in the early nineties, mm-hmm. financial institutions didn't believe in, I, I would say immigrants or I don't mm-hmm. know. So that was, that was my biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you weren't necessarily on their list of people that they wanted to you know, give money to, to, uh, to help your business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Unless, you know, unless it was a really high interest rate that it was mm. almost impossible to pay it back. So sure. definitely it wasn't for us. So, Which has never made sense to me. You know, someone needs money, they, and they're, they're having struggles. So we're just going to give them money, but we're going to charge them this exorbitant amount of interest. You know, it doesn't exactly, make sense. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and at some point, you know, not to talk about anybody, but they, uh, uh, I went to different options and classes, uh, to the SBA or the other one, you had to take all these classes. And in the evenings I would take the classes because, and there were actual classes. I had to, mm-hmm. you know, shower, run and, and take that class in order to apply for a loan mm. or apply for a line of credit. And once you were done with the class, they would say, no, you have to work on your business plan. Mm. And they expected, you know, I'm talking like this much. And I was like, okay, I can somebody help me with the business plan? Because mm. I, I, I know my basics. I know my business. I know it can grow. And, um, but then it never you know, it never happened. It would end up being like, you know, no, you know, we can't help you. And it was just such a tedious and long Mm. process. I get that I would get bored or I just didn't have the time. Mm. So how did you become successful then? If you didn't have that kind of help along the way, how did you, what did you do to become successful? (laughs) I think I have a very resilient personality, you know, that I, I don't take a no for an answer, meaning a, uh, if I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to get the money, I was going to make it myself in some way. And so I've, I've always been very, uh, I, I'd like to innovate mm-hmm. a lot. So, um, my first, uh, my first idea was to, uh, knock at people's doors, uh, with my cleaning team Mm -hmm. and, uh, we would all have a bucket in our hand and say something like, you know, we are so-and-so and and would you like, do you happen to have a bathroom that needs cleaning? Hmm. And people would go like, 
what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> She's a stranger. Hey, honey, there's some crazy yeah. people on the door with a bucket. <laughs> yeah. And it did happen. It happened. Some people were just very few would let us in, hmm. you know, and, but they just give me your information, you know, and, and, um, I'll call you. And it was like ring the phone ringing off the hook because hmm. it was just, it was just different. You no, know? right, right. so we had great, 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 uh, acceptance and, and nobody was, you know, never closed the door or anything mm-hmm. rude. Uh, so it worked so mm-hmm. that we started from delivering some flyers and then we end up, sometimes we were re- delivering like 80,000 flyers a wow. Per month. Wow. And it was just like, and you huge. handed these out personally by yourself. Yes, wow. Yes, yeah. So we, you know, we started having uh, five crews to do to clean houses and one crew just to deliver flyers. Hmm. And um, so, and then, you know, at some point we had like five crews delivering flyers hmm. because it was just, I mean, to get rid of 80,000 flyers, it's a lot of flyers. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so it was just, uh, you know, we had to figure out something that it wasn't going to cost us a lot, a lot of money and that we can uh, bring some uh, good ROI, mm-hmm. good return of investment. So right. it, it did work out. Do you think difficulties like that cause or create the momentum for, for creativity and for innovation and for, for, for trying new things. Oh, absolutely. When you're hungry, I mean, when you're hungry, you are willing to do anything and everything. And, um, I think I, one of the things that I, I've learned that you may have, you may have, uh, a good day and a bad day, but the next day the sun will come out and it will be better. And uh, you will be uh, empowered and uh, it will be kind of like a reassurance that I am doing the right thing and I'm in the right direction. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. So, so how big did your company get? I mean, you're, I mean. Well, we, we hit, when we first hit the million dollars, you know, we were like, oh my God, oh my God. So uh, we are way ahead of that. Uh, that was back in, oh, I, I can't even remember. So it was, it was a, a um, it was a great time mm-hmm. when we, it was a great celebration for us. Mm-hmm. Um, making a million dollars in a cleaning company, it wasn't easy, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, uh, I was even, um, I got a call from ARCSI, one of the uh, institutions that uh, for um, organizations for cleaning companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were like in the top, you know, I don't know, 10% of companies in in the U.S. that um, was able to do a million dollars. So uh, after that, it was just very, a lot easier Mm -hmm. because then a lot of people did pay attention to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so financial, so now we were eligible sure. for financial institutions because they all wanted our money. Then. Yeah, of course. Now when we were making a hundred thousand, right? Right. <laughs> so what, so, what is the key to that success? So you were persistent, you, you sent teams out, you know, to hand out 80,000 flyers, but what was the, what were some other keys to your success? I mean, you can't just do a cleaning service haphazardly. What, what, what's the, what's the keys there? I think the key of, of, of a successful business is their people. Hmm. Um, I think, and the, the people that I, uh, that worked with us. Um, and I, I always like to say I work with them. I, they don't work for me. Hmm. And that for me was, you know, I, it, 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 they were, they were my family, you know, all these cleaning ladies that started just, they were cleaning just like I was. I always wanted them to feel that they were professionals. Mm. I didn't want them to, to um, be known for uh, the, you know, the cleaning lady, uh, you know, uh, that needs to get on hands and knees. Mm -hmm. We had a system we had a beautiful uniform. I was always very uh, adamant about, 
make sure you do your makeup, right? Mm. So, because when you go into somebody's house, you need to look beautiful. You need to have your uniform, your hair, your, you know, and, and so in order to have respect uh, from your client, you also have to be respectful. Mm -hmm. So, and by doing that, I felt that I had empowered them to mm -hmm. be better and to be to excel in their own profession because I felt that that was a profession. So, and I stopped calling them the maids or mm -hmm. the cleaners. And in this, in, in, in that, in our company, we called them and we referred to them as cleaning professionals. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, I, I, I always say that, that, you know, they, whatever you do, you have to be a professional. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you show it the way you conduct yourself, the way you talk, the way you do your work. Um, and um, also that helped them be, they want to improve. They wanted to study. They want, so, and they stayed with me. Hmm. And I think that was the key element uh, or the result of their empowerment uh, was um not the result of the empowerment, but I think the key for my company's success was to be able to make these people uh, feel good about themselves and they stay, stayed with us and they were happy. Mm -hmm. They were happy uh, and they're still happy at what they do. And they feel like, you know, nobody can look at them look down and say, you know, they are the cleaning people. No, we are professionals, you know? It wasn't so, necessarily just a, a, as a job that you kind of went to and did your time, and, but it was, it was a, it was a, it was more than that, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we mastered the details and they mastered the details and they would come to me and, you know, I, and I would say, how are your, how are your kids doing? Are they, are they studying? Because for us, it was so important that they all went to college, that they all study. And over the, these years, over 30 years, some of them have stayed with me 15 years, 10 years. And, um, and they were so loyal. And, but at the same time, they were very, very focused and made sure that every savings would go to ed towards education. Mm. So education for us was, uh, you know, something that I was always telling them, you've got to think about how are they doing in school? How are, where are they going to go? They have to have goals. So they stayed with me and they were happy so that they, they are my success, part of my success. So where did that come from in you? Where did that motivation come from? As I said before, my father was a very, very big role model. And, um, you know, I, I remember uh, he, no doors would close for him ever. And uh, he would just, uh, you know, knock at the door and they didn't know me. They didn't know him. And he would say, excuse me, you don't know me? You don't know who I am? And I'm sorry, I don't know you. Well, I'm so-and-so. And, -so, and um, just let me in. And so, but his personality without being rude or anything, he, it was just, he was just so confident that, that people would just like, you know, let him in. So I, I feel the same way, you know, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to be rude with anybody, but I didn't take no for an answer. I would ask, why not? Mm. Why not? And no, cause I have a, a cleaning company already. Okay then I completely understand. Just keep my number. If things don't work out, is it okay if I check with you in a couple months? Um, you know, so that was, you know, persistence too. I had a friend one time who was working with me and they were raising some money for me for a project. And, and, and she said, and, and I don't come from a sales background. I always have said that I don't really like sales. Well, that's kind of what I do now. I, I sell ideas to people, you know, but, but she said something that stuck with me. She said, you know, when you're making a sale, when you're, when you're making that ask and you get a no, a no to me just means not yet. Exactly. You know, because there may that. be a time when that no turns into a maybe, and then maybe it it'll turn to a yes. 
Mm. So that was just yes. having that persistence, I think. Absolutely. Can create Absolutely. success. And, and, and when you know that you, you give good service and that you really care, uh, um, you have to let them know. You, you have to let them know about you that uh, whatever you do, you will, you will go the extra mile and uh, they need to, they need to know you mm-hmm. because y- you, you are a better option many times, mm-hmm. but if they don't know, how are they going to, you know, compare? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it is important that you persist and, and um, check with them uh, every now and then and say, you know what, is everything okay with you? Uh, we still, you know, we're still thinking about you. Um, if you want to give us a try, or if you if you need maybe information on cleaning products or what or what have you, I'm not that involved in, in the company anymore. It's been a few couple years that I I, I decided to move on. So, mm-hmm. but all these um, things I have in uh, I mean it's it's part of the core of my business and on be able to be not just persistent, but uh, at, at the same time, resilient mm-hmm. on, on, you know, just move, move forward. Always think that there are going to be hurdles and, and just shake it off and move on, you mm-hmm. know? So, so you made the pivot to go, go into real estate. What, what kind of motivated that, that move? Well, after, you know, after my kids, went to college and uh, my youngest daughter, uh, she graduated uh, from communications. And at first she went to, buy, to work with uh, a PR company. And then after you know, a couple of years, she came over and uh, proved that she could take over and uh, that she could take the company to a different level more than to the uh, commercial um, mm. Uh, aspect that we had not, you know, explored. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were more focused on on the residential, mm-hmm. and um, at that time, this is a couple of years ago. Uh, I I've learned so many things from her about technology, about the new alternatives or the different alternative alternatives of the for the company, like growing into venturing into the commercial uh, aspect of uh, janitorial. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured, you know, it was time for me to step down and um, let her carry on. And I think, and I don't regret uh, what I did. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was time for me to, to step down. And uh, I had two options, retire or do something else. <laughs> <laughs> How hard is it to, when you hand that off to someone else, how hard is it to not want to go back and fix things or, 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 you know, be involved in that day-to-day aspect of it? Well, actually I was, I was ready to move on. I, I, uh, my husband had been in real estate for a while. I had helped him in, 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 in his business a couple, uh, a few years back. And um, so I knew the business and re- real estate mm-hmm. and the way things were going with the, uh, with the uh, residential and commercial cleaning, they were pretty much on autopilot mm-hmm. and uh, with technology, things were moving at a speed that I was not even used to. Mm-hmm. And um, I am, a, I'm always, you know, eager to learn mm-hmm. something different and, and to prove myself that I can do it. And um, so, so I figured that it would be a great time for me to uh, learn something else and uh, move on and let the new generation take over. So it wasn't, you know, as I said before, I, am, I, I don't uh, take things, uh, you know, personally that way in a, in a sense that, oh my God, that's gonna be horrible for me. What am I gonna do with my life? I was like, I think it's time. I think it's time. And uh, what a great opportunity for me to either travel around the world or do something. I did travel to, to, to be honest, mm-hmm. I did travel for a year, a couple of years. Um, and, uh, but I, when I came back on, and, and I decided that it was time for me to 
settled down and I, um, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to learn how to, how to, um, this rediscover myself, not learn, but I wanted to rediscover myself. And, uh, I think that's why I entered the real estate market. Mm-hmm. What's been some of the biggest challenges for you to make that pivot? Well, um, I think uh, kind of like the story, right? Because I don't know if there are challenges or not, but it's kind of like a story. Uh, I I enter real estate and I did a little bit of my homework and I said, what can I do? Uh, uh, where can I go that uh, I don't have to reinvent the wheel? And I have to, uh, I do like to start from zero at the same time, I want to make sure because what I learned from from my daughter that I needed the right tools, mm-hmm. that I needed I needed the right technology, and I needed the right uh, um, marketing, and that I needed the right training. Mm-hmm. So I did my research, and uh, I, I I decided that Keller Williams was my my best option. It's one of the uh, most innovative companies. So I. Um, I, I went in there with, you know, knowing anything about the, 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 the aspect on how to even fill out a contract. So, um, and they taught me and I've been in, uh, in, uh, with Keller Williams for a little bit over a year now, but I learned, uh, I look, I read the book, uh, the MREA, MREA, uh, by Carrot, uh, Gary Keller, and they, it tells you, you know, step by step on how to do things. And I said, you know what, I think I can do this. And um, I want to, I want to be able to follow their, their method, follow all their t- techniques. And uh, one of their techniques actually was door knocking. So, uh, you have experience at, right? (laughs) I did. I did have experience on the door knocking. I think that was one of the most exciting part chapter for me, door knocking. So, cause I was like, I could relate with the door knocking. (laughs) So, um, what I, what happened was that, um, I said, you know, um, I do want to, my husband has been mostly, uh, focused on the, in the Latino community. Mm -hmm. Uh, since he started almost 20 years ago. And um, it was, it was, it was, a, I mean, it was great. Uh, most of the uh, Latinos were buyers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I learned about the, uh, the nitty gritty about the real estate, it said that it had to focus on listings, right? Mm-hmm. So sellers. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't think a lot of, uh, um, the people that I know will be selling soon because as Latinos, we get attached to our home and we like, this is the, this is where I, I'm going to die. So um, I said, well, can I compete in a market where, you know, it's been taken by, you know, these mega agents. And I said, I have to learn how to do everything, but where, what am I good at? And I said, well, I'm good at door knocking. So I went and did door knocking. And the first time I did the door knocking with the script, I had to practice, you know, like, <laughs> how do I say this? And what am I offering? And what am I selling? You know, <laughs> I didn't even know what I was going to say. So I, so when you knock on a door as a real estate agent, are you, are you asking people to sell their home? Or are you? <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to do, okay. right? But because... I, I don't know. It just came naturally that I would just say, hi, I'm Janine Garcia. <laughs> I'm Kel- I work with Kelly Williams and I had something we forget. Um, so, and they're like, what? I, was, I just wanted to stop by and say hello. And they're like, okay, that's a little, but um, if you ever, you know, of anybody that would like to buy or sell or invest in real estate, I, here's my card. No, we're not selling. Oh, okay. That's fine. I just wanted to stop by and say hello. So the next day or a couple, you know, a couple weeks later, I was like, hello, I just have something. I have a little chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I have a little chocolate for you. A goodie bag uh, with a, you know, a heart and stuff. 
They didn't say that in the uh, real estate book. Right. <laughs> so, so the, cause I, I mean, I showed up with a bucket before, right? right? Not right. To talk, show up with a chocolate, right? Yeah. So, um, I did, <laughs> I showed up with the chocolate and I, people were a little bit hesitant at first. So, um, but then after, I guess they end up like, you know, you got, you are just too much. So, um, I haven't been uh, very successful yet. I know I'm going to be super successful in that market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know all the neighbors by names now, you know. I know uh, the, uh, Julia and I know Nancy and I know John and all of them. And uh, they're like, okay, Janine, we're not selling. And I'm <laughs> like, it's okay. I'm just here to say hello. It's so... I learned uh, that they all go to the same um, church mm-hmm. and I, I met the pastor, Pastor Lydia, amazing people, you know. So I, at this point, whether they are going to sell with me or not sell with me, I have met the most amazing people, to be honest. And uh, at first they were like, no, <laughs> you know, I, I, this this uh, different looking woman, because of course I'm Latina, you know, mm-hmm. in a neighborhood that most of it's not, there's not a whole lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. And uh, this crazy lady knocking at people's <laughs> doors with a flyer, you know, so, but now they're used to it. And they yeah. even, I, th- I think at this point, they've even, they've probably wondering where am I? Because <laughs> I haven't knocked at their door in a while because of COVID-19. Right. <laughs> I was going to ask, how has COVID you know, impacted real estate? To be honest, uh, March and April have been my most successful months yet. Wow. Uh, it was, I was uh, on the board, uh, not the board, but yeah, well, board. On the top, a um, two, uh, number two on the, uh, as a team, because I, I, obviously I'm, you know, I joined forces with my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fills out all the paperwork, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the talking. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and uh, that's, and then uh, as an individual agent uh, for the month of March, I was uh, on the top three too. So I was, wow. I was super proud in, in a very competitive uh, industry and a better very competitive uh, company. Mm. So um, I am very happy where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the market is incredibly strong right now. Is it a buyer's or a seller's market right now? It, I think it, it all depends on, you know, if you're a seller, it is a great time to sell. Mm-hmm. If you're a buyer, it's also a great time because uh, out of 14 buyers out there in, in April, in, um, in February, half of them have uh, decided to wait. Mm. So if you are one of those seven, you know, you have less competition mm. and great opportunity to, to buy and, 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 and um, uh, win the contract. Mm-hmm. In your business life, in your personal life, what makes, what influences your decisions daily? The number one thing is, that I believe that helps me make a decision all the time is I've decided to be, have the mindset of a winner. Hmm. I, I, I owe it to myself. I owe it to my family. I owe it to the people that know me that um, no matter what, in any, in any day, given day, whether it rains, shines, or there's a pandemic or there's a war, I do have that mindset, that attitude that I am here to stay. I'm here to conquer. Hmm. So um, that is something I, I, every single day I wake up with that same attitude. I may have days that I'm not the brightest because my brain goes like a hundred miles an hour and I have many ideas at the same time. And I think that helps as well. Mm-hmm. Because when you are a very creative person, you're a very positive person. So I am a very positive person. um, And um, I love to talk to people. And I love to be around people. 
whether I'm making money or not, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be helping them, even if I'm just giving a uh, advice, uh, I'm, I'm happy. And if I wake up podcast. every day. Uh, so, or if you're on a podcast. Well, I mean, I, for, right now I forgot I am on a podcast. <laughs> I, I'm just looking at you and I'm like, okay, we're keep having a conversation right, right here. So I. <laughs> Good. I've done my job then, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, so I should be more uh, focused on the. Um, <laughs> no problem. Um, so what, what are some of the big life lessons you've learned over the years? Um, the biggest life lesson that I have is to always, always stay with my husband mm-hmm. and in love with him. Mm-hmm. I think love between the, uh, you know, we've been married for 42 years. Well, congratulations. I, I started dating when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I think he's always covered my back. And if I ever have a down day, he always makes it look better. Mm-hmm. So I think that is one of the most important things in my life um, to be able to m- keep on going because mm-hmm. he's, I know he c- has my back mm-hmm. and my other from my soul is, is God. I believe in God and I am, you know, I know that everything happens for a reason and I know he puts his hand around me when I, when I need it. Mm-hmm. And then he just, pushes me forward when I don't. And he says, you know, and if I step down or if I, I feel a little bit down, he just uh, runs, uh, wraps his arms around me and I feel so much better. Mm. So how does on that vein, how does faith influence or interact with, with business in your life? Um, I think that the, the power of, uh, of God is, is I, I feel his power in everything I do. And, uh, I think through, through me, he uses me as an, an, an instrument to empower people and to, um, to help others, not just to achieve goals for real estate, but also like it, education or, you know, I, I mean, I have, I have found to be a, an instrument of God in, 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 I mean, I'm saying it not, not to be sound too vain or anything. It's just that I find that he, when he wants something for me or he wants to do something through me, uh, he just shows me the way. And he says, these people need you. So, you know, go that way or these people need you go the other way. So, um, and I have a true story. Um, one of my door knocking stories, Mm -hmm. if you want to hear it, sure, sure. It's hilarious by the way. (laughs) So, um, I knock at the door. That was like my second time or something. And then the guy is like, uh, I had an open house that I was hosting for somebody else. And I knock at the door and I go knock, knock, you know, and the guy's not coming. And I see the light is on. And then I see two people looking, staring at me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's kind of rude. They're looking at me and they're not even opening the door. So I knock at the door again. And the guy's like, hold on, call me. And I'm like, oh, my God. So he comes to the door and the guy's in a wheelchair. So can you imagine? I felt horrible. Mm. And he goes, how can I help you? So my entire script, I mean, I just shrunk. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh. So um, I'm here to invite you to an open house because that was my script, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, excuse me? Are you kidding me? Because then I said, I'm sorry, I, uh, let me rewind. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm here to invite you to an open house. Uh, we're going to have cookies and, and uh, this is a beautiful home, right? around the corner. He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, excuse me. I'm in a wheelchair. I'm not going anywhere. So how can you invite me to an open house? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but you know what? I'll take the cookies. And I, so since that day, I take cookies and I take pound cakes and I take, uh, I don't know, uh, anything that I can think of. 
And I call, he's, uh, well, uh, his name is Brad and his wife is Susie. And uh, I knock at the door every time. And I was like, I have, hey guys, I have a pound cake or something. Like, come in, Janine. <laughs> and by the way, get the mail for us. And so I get the mail. I, you know, bring the cookies and everything. And one day he's like, why don't you give me your uh, brochure? I was like, because it seems like you're not going anywhere. You just told me. <laughs> he's like, but I'm going to die one day. I was like, okay, that's kind of morbid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, when I die, I make sure you sell my house. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a really cool story. Of, you know, oh. it, it, it's, it's always interesting to hear how God leads us to people and how connections are made. Yes. You know, those are always fascinating to me because it, it's not always just accidental, right? Yeah. I think, oh, I think sometimes yes. our connections are intentional. Amen. Amen. And every time I go to their house, because I, I mean, I don't go every week, but I, did, I, made, I made a point that I should go at least once a month or maybe twice a month. Hmm. And I go and you have no idea how happy they are. Hmm. One day I brought Panera bread, uh, uh, Panera bread, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like two muffins. And the, uh, Susie said to me, you have no idea how long, how many, um, what did she say? I, I was, I was dying to have something from Panera, but, but I have mm. not been out in a long time mm. and you have no idea how much this means to, to us. Wow. And I was like, Oh my God, two mm. muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew two muffins could be that impactful, right? <laughs> and this, this is a commercial for Panera bread, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. So, I, you know, I make movies and documentaries and, and whenever you make a movie, you, you write a log line. Uh -huh. A log line is that phrase or sentence that kind of describes the movie. So when the movie about your life is made, what will the log line be? What's my life about? Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, I really, you really, I, ne I never thought about this. I don't have a big line for me. I, yeah. I, I just, uh, uh, I have so many words mm -hmm. that describe me that I, that I cannot think of one specifically, but if I were to, um, describe myself on, um, one big word, uh, and I'm proud to say it, uh, I, I can, I can easily say that I'm a leader mm -hmm. in, in, in what I do. I lead, and I like to, I love to lead people um, as, uh, as a team player. I always like to empower people and wherever I am, whether it's family related, whether it's friends, whether it was in the uh, cleaning industry or now in the real estate, I think I, I do um, what I do best is lead. Mm. That's awesome. So what's, what's your proudest moment? What, what, what are you most proud of in your life? I, I have many. I think my, one of my pride, proudest moments was not too long ago uh, when I celebrated my 60th birthday. Mm. So um, I planned, I, I had never celebrated my birthday. Mm. Okay. Um, because for many reasons, when I was 15, uh, my, my grandparents passed away. And back then it was like, you couldn't have a 15th birthday party because you, you were in mourning. Mm -hmm. Then, um, marriage just, you know, happened very quickly. It wasn't about me. It was my, my, my wedding mm -hmm. a couple of years later, turn after I turned 15. And so then I was, it was always about everybody else, right? Like my kids or my husband when he turned 40 or 50 and big celebrations and everything, my parents. So when I decided to celebrate my birthday, I said, I think I owe it to myself. I want to make it happen in a way that it's unforgettable. And how can I make it unforgettable? And I decided I was going to be 
royalty for one day. Hmm. So I did a Venetian theme and it was, uh, um, it was February 15th, by the way, this hmm. past February. And I dressed up like a queen hmm. and I put my, you know, everything, my crown, everything and my hair and all my guests came and they celebrated with me with all the costumes <laughs> of the era. And it was, the party turned out to be a success. It took me almost a year to prepare and it was so successful, but to see one of my proudest moments of my life to see my family, everybody's doing well. Everybody has been, had accomplished everything. All the people that I knew around me, all my friends, my mom was still, still alive. All my siblings were there and having everybody in the same room mm -hmm. and, and, and look at everything and look at the, at the success of the party, not only like the logistics, but the people mm -hmm. made me feel how, much I had through the years. And this was the celebration and the culmination of after this, I can die tomorrow, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I made it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It's a great way to, you know, to celebrate and to, to look back, to bring everybody together. It's something about bringing your people together. And I think that's the thing that I miss most about in this COVID thing is just not being able to be together with people. Yes. So, well, Janine, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today here on the My Story podcast. I really yeah. appreciate it. You have a oh, fascinating story so and, and congratulations on your success. And I uh, wish you even more success in uh, reaching your goals with your with your real estate company. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the interview. The best luck for you and all your uh, projects. Janine, thanks so much for sharing your story on the My Story podcast. It's amazing to see what can be accomplished when you put your mind to it and you keep a positive attitude. Next time on the My Story podcast, my guest will be Rich Doutridge. Rich is the president and CEO of High Rock Group and Warehouse Cinemas. We'll hear the story of how he and his team launched a brand new movie theater just as COVID restrictions began shutting down businesses. What happened to the movie theater? How did they do it? Come back next time to find out. Hey, I'd really love it if you'd write a review for the podcast. I want to know if you're enjoying the shows or not. Leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or on the podcast page on Podbean. And thanks for listening and for sharing. The music on today's show is from my friend, Drew Davidson. You can get all of his music on iTunes or Spotify or at drewdavidson.com. And if you like what you heard today, there's more coming next week. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so these episodes show right up on your device. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next time on the My Story Podcast. Oh,